Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rob and Wheelhouse Show. In this episode, I'm going to recap the Blue Jays series that was topped off with a uh, no-hitter by Justin Verlander. Uh, the Astros waited till the last minute to finally score some runs and not waste a great outing by Justin Verlander. There was more than one reason why this game was awesome. So we're going to talk about the Blue Jays series, the no-hitter, I also want to talk about Justin Verlander. Has he done enough as an Astro to enter the Hall of Fame with an Astros cap? If not, how many more years or how many things will he have to accomplish in order for that to happen? Also, I am going to try to predict the Astros playoff roster. There's some call-ups coming. I know Kyle Tucker will be in Milwaukee on Monday. Uh, They would have called people up today, but they were in Toronto, and it's just easier for them to wait till they get back to the States. So anyway, I'll get to all of that and more right after this. You're listening to The Rob and Wheelhouse Show. All right, let's talk about this no-hitter. So, Justin Verlander, nine innings, no hits, one walk. And I believe the walk was the second batter of the day. That is how good Justin Verlander did. 14 strikeouts. It is his third no-hitter in his career. Remember that. 120 pitches. He is the sixth player in MLB history that has three-plus no-hitters. So the Astros are 89-48, 51-17 at home, 38-32 on the road. Uh, 4-3 season against Toronto. Uh, In the season series, the Astros are 29-9 with six splits. 29-9 in series records. That is awesome. Uh, The Astros have 13 no-hitters in the history of the uh, club. Uh, JV's first no-hitter, he had four walks and 12 strikeouts. His second one, he only had one walk and four strikeouts. And today, one walk with 14 strikeouts. And one thing about today that I want to mention and someone else mentioned it, and I overheard it, is that there wasn't 
a big defensive play. Usually, when there's a no-hitter, someone makes a diving grab or, you know, something happens. But today, Verlander pitched so well that he didn't even need any help from the defense. Uh, Speaking of the offense, the offense took a while. You had Yuli that didn't play. Springer didn't play. Yuli got hit on the elbow, so he was scratched at the last moment. And Diaz ended up playing. Uh, but the no-hitter. I'm, I'm watching the game, and I didn't even notice it. We had, I, I guess there was four or five people here at the house. The kids were getting ready to go camping or something. But, you know, it was kind of hectic here. I was watching it. And I look up, and we're in the fifth inning already. And then I notice that they don't have any hits. And no one's talking about it. So what I want to talk about, bringing this up, what do you think? Uh, Personally, I am, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I am the kind of person that uh, thinks I'll jinx the Astros if I mention it. I I mean I like I said I really didn't even know what was going on but I wouldn't have tweeted it uh but some people are So the announcers weren't talking about it he did uh, one of one of them I think Blum said something about something special is going on but I am superstitious and I was actually if you listen to the radio I was on 790 it was the first time I've ever called but I mentioned to him about the announcers not talking about it. And he said the radio show did. McTaggart tweeted it. So it was really on the radio, I mean the TV that didn't mention it. And my answer to that was more than likely they didn't want to get any backlash. They didn't want to get backlash uh, in case they mentioned it and then he got a hit. They, you know what I mean. They just didn't want to start any trouble and get blamed. But you know they wanted to mention it. Um, I'll give you an example about superstition. I'm a big OU fan. Their first game is today. Pretty excited. 7 o'clock. That's why I'm getting the podcast done in between Astros and Sooners game. But I wear the same clothes every game. Because if I don't and they lose, I'll think, I mean, I know it's not me, but I'll think like, hey, I didn't wear it. I didn't wear it. So today was a big deal. Today I had to pick out what, I don't want to call it an outfit because I'm a guy, what clothes am I going to wear for the game? So I've made my decision. I've been wearing them all day. And even though today's Sunday, I have my Saturday outfit picked out, and I, ooh, I called it an outfit. I have my Saturday gear picked out, and I'm going to wear it the rest of the year. So, here's a cool thing about the no-hitter. If you watched the, let, let's just go back. I'm not even really going to talk about the games, but the Astros won 7-4 to four on Friday. They lost 6-4 to four on Saturday, and Giles came in for the close, and I think it was Springer, Altuve, and Bregman, if I'm not mistaken. He struck them all three out. He celebrated a little, made some fans upset. 
There's even some fans out there that think Giles is better, but I, I think Giles doesn't uh, pitch well under pressure. What kind of pressure do you have in Toronto, really? I believe Saturday I saw the stats, 17 out of 18 save opportunities. But he was the same in Houston. But you put him out there, a.k.a., not a.k.a., but, for example, the World Series, and he chokes. So, we let's move ahead till today. So, Bregman got on. He got a double, moved to third with a sack fly. But when Bregman did get on, I tweeted that uh, Giles is going to fall apart and we're going to score. That's what I predicted. It didn't happen like I thought it was. I, well, like it did, I kind of thought that once he got on, Giles would fall apart completely, but he did only allow those two hits. And how cool it was. I was kind of thinking maybe Toro could pop one in and uh, get Bregman in, make it 1-0. to zero. But a home run, almost, almost opposite. I guess it was to left field. You'd call it an oppo taco. But Toro has one home run and two or three RBIs. A very good player. Sixth overall prospect for the Astros from Canada. And he was the hero. Uh, Verlander could have. He was very close. I don't know what the count was. But Verlander was super close to throwing a no-hitter and not getting the win. I don't even know what you would do if someone threw nine-inning no-hitter and then someone else came in to finish it. I don't even know. I don't even know if that would be called a no-hitter. I think it still is. But Toro saved the day. Uh, Mark, you, and Grady, the three of us, we chat during the games, and we were kind of going back and forth, who's better, Miles Straw or Toro. Really, neither one of them offensively is shining. Neither one of them. But it was just crazy that Grady and I were on Toro's side, and this happened. It, it was just, just kind of good timing. So I'm very happy for Toro. And so, like I said, Giles celebrated yesterday, so it was also cool that he's the one that gave up the home run. So very, very excellent game. What else do I have? Uh, last 10 starts for Justin Verlander, 7-1. A 1.76 ERA, a 162 batting average against, and a 0.69 whip. That is amazing. So what is also amazing about the 7-1 record, even though some of you may... I always say this because I got called out one time. The 7-1 record doesn't matter. Win-loss record doesn't matter. But I'm just going to point this out. That loss... And correct me if I'm wrong. At Rob Fontenot on Twitter. Ooh, I need, that reminds me. So, 7-1 record. And that one loss. Can you remember what it was? It was when he threw a complete game two hitter. When he lost 2-0. to zero. He gave up two homers. But that was his loss. That's how good he is. And let me tell you this. Cy Young Award. Etch it, sketch it, whatever you got to do. Justin Verlander, Cy Young Award winner. So let, let me bring this up now. 
I don't have a whole lot of information, but my current opinion is Justin Verlander will be a Tiger when he joins the Hall of Fame. A lot of people say that he won a World Series with the Astros, so he should go in there. Well, he won two Cy Young Awards with Detroit. Maybe three. I think it's two. Well, look, he's going to add that to it also. So he's going to have a couple of Cy Youngs, and now a World Series trophy and a Cy Young, and maybe another World Series trophy. So my opinion is he's going to be a Tiger, but what if he does win the Cy Young Award this year? What if the Astros do win the World Series? He's also signed to pitch for the Astros for two more years, and that doesn't mean it's only going to be two years, but two more years. What else can he accomplish in two more years? I don't even have the stats of how long he was in Detroit, but I don't know, man. Another World Series and a Cy Young, and he's got two more years. I don't know. It's close. It's very close. I don't know how you can win two World Series. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know how you can win two World Series trophies with a team and not go in as a as an Astro. Um, when I think of Nolan Ryan, I think of Nolan Ryan as a California Angel. I think of him as an Astro, but he went in as a Ranger. I think maybe it's because he was in the front office at the time. I don't know. You think? But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Has he done enough? But I think he's got two more years to sway it over. And I think there's a really good chance. I also think he is so loyal. He's so loyal to his teams that he may not even put a logo on there. I don't know. But right now I say Detroit, but I say he's getting close to changing that. So next up for the Astros, tomorrow at 2.30, Milwaukee Brewers. Look for Kyle Tucker to be there tomorrow. And he should be on, uh, well, let's, I'll get to that after the break. But Monday, 2.30. Am I upset about this? Let me tell you this. I have already purchased tickets to the Corpus Christi Hooks game tomorrow. They are giving away the Biggio National League, 2005 National League, champions ring i've always been wanting to go to corpus to see the stadium i wanted one of those rings the most expensive tickets are 19 i bought 14 dollar tickets it's only two hours away i did it i'm going but i'm gonna miss the game against milwaukee i think i'm gonna record it and turn off my alerts and watch when i get back but the game's at two I think Forrest Whitley's pitching. That would be awesome. But the game's at 2. I don't know if we're going to stay for the whole thing. But if we did, that would put it about 5.30, 6, 8, or 9. So I wouldn't even be able to watch it if we stayed that late. But it would be awesome. So after this game, the Astros are 89-49. and 49. They posted on TV that they have the best record in baseball. But the Yankees barely won today. I believe they beat the A's. 90 and 48, Astros 89 and 49. I don't know if the Dodgers play later, but they have 88 wins, so perhaps they could catch us. 
But that's good. The Yankees and the Astros have both passed the Dodgers. The Twins are your fourth best team. Atlanta's the fifth best. And Cleveland is your sixth best. So, that's some exciting thing that's going to happen this month. You've got Cleveland and the Twins battling for the Central. The Twins had it early. Cleveland's coming back. You've got Atlanta as the best team in the National League. The Dodgers definitely are going to be the number one team. But you've got Yankees and Astros fighting for the number one spot. Cleveland and the Twins fighting for the division. And then you got the A's lurking down there. I remember the A's made the playoffs last year as a wild card team. And I think it was against the Yankees. And they didn't even have a starting pitcher. They wrapped up the wild card game. And they continued to use their pitchers. I don't know why. And they started... They they actually had decent starters. And they started an opener. I'm not even a fan of Oakland. And I didn't care if they won. Well, I did want them to beat the Yankees. Who doesn't want the Yankees to lose? But that was crazy. They didn't even have a starter. So anyway, Corpus Christi tomorrow, 2.30. Tickets, 9 to 19 bucks. You can spend 9 bucks and sit on the wall. Or sit on the burn. If you listen to this podcast and you live in San Antonio, give me a holler, 210-919-1695, and you can ride with us. It's just me and Randy. Randy Watson. Actually, it's not Randy Watson, but that's funny. So anyway, Mark Yu has been wanting me to give you my predictions for the playoff roster. So I've written down last year's playoff roster to give me a a clue or an idea of how the Astros build their team. And I will get to this, or I will get to that, right after this small break. All right, so let's talk about this possible 25-man roster for the playoffs. And I'm going to go off the ALDS. So I went back to last season. The Astros had four starting pitchers. They had seven relief pitchers. So that is 11 pitchers, which leaves you 14 position players, usually Uh, teams go with 13 or 12 pitchers during the regular season, but you don't need as many starters in a five-game series because JV will pitch one and five. You don't need five people. So last year they had JV, Cole, Dallas Keuchel, and Morton, Harris, Osuna, Presley, Sip, McHugh, McCullers, and James. So McCullers was one of the starters, but he moved to the uh, bullpen. And also, if you notice, Charlie Morton was not on here. So McCann Maldonado was a catcher. They used five outfielders, five infielders, and they had two DHs. They had Tyler White listed as a DH. Although you could list him as an infielder as well, but he really was the DH, and you could list Gaddis as a catcher. But you go to this year, and... Here's your four starting pitchers. J.V., Cole, Grinky, 
Miley. You don't need the fifth one. Now, the relief pitchers is the biggest question mark. I'm going to go with this and only pick seven, but you have injuries galore to the pitching staff. So I'm going to base this solely on people not being injured. You got Osuna, Presley injured, Harris, Smith, McHugh injured, Sanchez, and Peacock. Now the reason I put Sanchez in there is because Callis and Blummer said that he would be beneficial to the Astros to have on the team in the playoffs to eat up innings in case the starter has a bad outing. With the pitchers we have, I kind of doubt it. But So I put him on there. And then you go to Peacock. I got Peacock in the 11th position. So you've got Davinsky. So they, they already called James up. So I don't know if there's anyone from Fresno that's going to come up and steal one of these spots, but you never know. Josh James made the roster last year as a rookie, so you don't know. You got Devo. I'm just putting people that's on the roster. Devo, Rondon, Sneed, Valdez. Um, I think as much... Let me tell you this. If one of those seven do not make the roster due to injury, and he pitches well this last month, I, I think Josh James is on the roster. I think there's a chance he's on there anyway. I think Peacock and James... Uh, Peacock is injured. He's been injured a lot this year, and I don't even know if he's going to be ready. Uh, he's been left off before. I think if Josh James pitches well, I think he's going to make it. There's a very good chance. Uh, but anyway, if Presley's healthy, Osuna, Presley, Harris, Joe Smith, easily. I think McHugh, if he's healthy, easily going to make it. And if you keep Sanchez, you only got one opening. I've, I've just said it. So you got Peacock and James. I think you're going to fight for it. And you have Devo, Rondon, and Snead. So I think if James and Peacock are both out, or let's say James, Peacock, and McHugh, or let's, I don't let's say two guys are out, McHugh and Peacock, and you got to throw one of these in there. I don't want Devo in there. I don't want Rondon in there. Maybe Snead. Maybe Snead should go in, but I don't think they would do that. I think they would probably go with Rondon, even though it's hashtag Rondon. So let's go to the catchers. You got Chirinos and Maldonado. Astros went with two catchers last year. They got five infielders uh, last season. This year we got the same four, but Diaz takes Marwin's place. So we got five infielders. Outfielder Springer, Brantley, Reddick, Jake Marisnik. There, see, there, there was a lot of talk about Kyle Tucker coming up and taking Reddick's place, but check this out. I haven't done this yet. I haven't done the work. So last season, the 25-man roster had two DHs. We only have one. So I believe you go into the playoffs, you got two open spots that will be filled by Miles Straw, or Toro, probably both of those guys, 
if there was no Kyle Tucker involved, I would give it to those two guys. I think Miles Straw has a very, very, very good chance of making this playoff roster solely for his speed. He's going to make such a difference having him out there to pinch run. There's no way. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stamp this. No, now that I now that I see the roster broke down and how many uh, players they use for the roster, no way Straw doesn't make the team. No way. So Straw can play infield and outfield, and he's fast. I'll take that. So that would leave Tucker and today's hero Toro. So you go into the playoffs. A five-game series, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, and Yuli Gurriel will start all five of those games. Barring injury, they will start. Diaz will be a pinch hitter. That's it. Diaz will not start any of these games. Will he make the roster? Yes. So, you have... If you have straw, you have an extra infielder and an extra outfielder, and that leaves you with one spot. And I think, and I've said it before, and now I'm totally 100% almost guaranteeing it. (laughs) That's funny, almost 100% guaranteeing it. But Abraham Toro is an infielder, and that's what I was getting at. You've got these four guys that are going to start every game. Is Abraham Toro the guy you want to bring up to pinch it in a playoff game? I don't know. So I do think Tucker can outplay Reddick and take his spot, although Reddick will still be on the playoff roster. So I'm going with Miles Straw and Kyle Tucker making those final two roster spots. You heard it here, folks, on the Robin Wheelhouse Show. So that's all I have for now. Um, I hope you enjoy the game tomorrow, 2.30. I can't, I wrote, yeah, 2.30, Monday in Milwaukee. I don't even know who's pitching. I don't even know whose turn it is. I think it's Garrett Cole. Then it's probably Wade Miley. So it's a two-game series. We do need it. Milwaukee needs the win as well. They're fighting for their playoff life. And I think it should be a good series. And I'm kind of upset that I'm not going to get to see it. So I'm going to Corpus tomorrow, and starting Tuesday, I will be back on night shift. So I won't be able to watch these games. And September 5th through the 8th, that's 5, 6, 7, that's a four-game series at home against Seattle Mariners. So the Astros look to pick up some wins against Seattle, but you never know. You never know. They lost a game to Detroit. They lost a game to Toronto. It just happens. Anyway, that's it for now, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show, and let's see how correct I am. We do have a month left. A lot of injured pitchers to close out this 25-man roster. Kyle Tucker will be here tomorrow, Monday. I will miss it, but I'm guaranteeing you he will start. He, they took, he didn't, he's not even in Round Rock anymore. He'll start the game. That's my guarantee. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time, and don't forget... Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you later, folks. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.